0: This episode of Punk Rock HR is sponsored by The Star Conspiracy. The Star Conspiracy is the B2B marketing agency for innovative brands creating the future of workplace solutions. For more information, head on over to thestarconspiracy.com. Hey everybody, I'm Lori Rudiman. Welcome back to Punk Rock HR. My guest today is Zach Beagle. He's the Chief Operating Officer at Strive. Strive is focused on employee experience. And in today's conversation, I ask Zach, what the heck is employee experience and what does technology have to do with this? You know, I'm so curious about how HR can leverage platforms to really make their jobs easier and to improve the lives of employees. And I know you're curious about this too, because I see you on Twitter and Instagram and LinkedIn talking about this topic. So if you're interested in nerding out with me a little bit about EX and the power of tech to really make work better, well, sit back and enjoy this conversation with Zach Beagle. Hey, Zach, welcome to the podcast.
1: Hey, Laurie, thanks for having me.
0: Oh, dude, it's my pleasure. Before we get started, why don't you tell everybody who you are and what you're all about?
1: Hi, everyone. My name is Zach Beagle. I'm the Chief Operating Officer at Strive. And I'm here today to talk with Laurie about employee experience. That is what our company focuses in every day. And the one-size-fits-all mentality needs to go away. So I'm here to talk about why.
0: Well, I love that. Let's get started by defining employee experience because I'm 47 years old and I've heard 247 definitions. So what is employee experience?
1: So employee experience at Strive is really the way we interpret it is all of the interactions, communications, programs, and benefits that you have in your workspace. So basically, you wake up, you go to work, or you log into work. Every experience from that moment till the day, hopefully, you clock out at the end of the day is your employee experience. Lots of technologies and tools out there today focus on very small fractions of it. Us at Strive, we want to ensure we're encapsulating the entire experience end-to-end and really driving beneficial experiences for our users.
0: Well, you wrote an ebook that really dives into the world of employee experience and really puts some rigor around it, like sets some important stakes, like this is what it is and this is what it isn't. So tell me a little bit about the ebook.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So we've been working on this ebook for several months. What we found is most of our clients and most employers in HR out in the market space don't know what employee experience is, don't know the value behind it. So we really wanted to make a simple book about explaining what's our definition of employee experience, why is it important, and what value do you have by really curating an employee experience? People think if you throw, you know, all these cool widgets, gadgets, benefits programs, all of this at an individual employee, they'll be happy. No, they need a seamless experience. They expect Amazon. They expect no friction. They expect an optimal experience for them that you took time to curate. And that's what the ebook's all about of explaining it and really showing the value behind nailing that and being successful.
0: So how do I nail it? Like, give me some ideas because I think so many people are struggling, right? Which is why you're in business, why you do what you do. I think leaders have good intent around the employee experience, but you're right. They think, okay, we're gonna do pizza and we're gonna get to get together for a virtual happy hour. But that's not employee experience, not in and of itself.
1: No. Absolutely. And I think that's the biggest thing we've taken away as well Is when you say the 30,000 foot view of employee experience, everyone's like, yes, we care about that. That's important. It's a buzzword just like culture. But are you actually dedicating the resources to figure out what your employee experience is? A great employee experience for me, Zach Beagle, a 30 year old man in Philadelphia versus someone else is going to be completely different. Even the same age and demographic is going to be different. So the first thing you have to do is assign people, dedicate resources to understand and what employee experience your employees really want, and then start to curate it and optimize it and track the data and information. The first step is the hardest step, but it's also the easiest step in the sense that you need to just start thinking of it as a critical initiative. It's just like revenue, it's just like retention, it's anything else. You need to start capturing it and move forward with it.
0: Well, anybody who goes on an employee experience journey and audit is going to quickly find out that they have maybe 50, maybe 100 employees and they all want something different. And many of them are whiners. So what do you do with the data once you get it?
1: I think the data is going to probably and we do employee experience assessments as well. And the data does show everybody wants something different. The critical thing that you need to do is encapsulate what you're trying to push and your values to them. So it's targeted communication. It's personal it's not hitting them with everything. It's hitting them during the moments that matter and ensuring they have the right tools and processes. There are always going to be complaints. There's always going to be opportunities to optimize. The critical piece is listening, adjusting, and ensuring that they have the proper support. It's not about making every moment perfect. It's about making the moments matter very impactful.
0: So, you know, I'm old enough to remember my first couple of jobs and my parents and their advice to me with my first couple of jobs. And they clearly told me they were boomers. I had to pay my dues. Work was work and you get a paycheck because it's uncomfortable. And if I wanted to have fun and enjoy what I was doing, I should get a puppy or a kitten. Right. So the expectation for me around work is that work was not going to be personalized. And I was given a paycheck for that inconvenience. When did that shift? And is Is that shift even appropriate? Because I think we've swung the other way now where we've got a lot of disaffected people walking around because their individual experiences are not being met. And they, Zach, quite honestly, could never be met. What do you think about all that?
1: Yeah. Actually, in the ebook, we go through the different ages of employee experience. You start in really the bare essentials, kind of what your parents were describing and told you of, I walked uphill both ways to see. I had it (laughs) tough. (laughs) I had it harder than everyone else. And, you know, that's true. That's their perspective. You know, that's, What matters? We've moved then into the informational, the compensation, all the way to now where we're at the experience level. The critical thing is you need to hit what's important to the employees or they're not the right fit. If you're not having fun and enjoying yourself at work, you're not doing the right thing. So let's, instead of forcing a square peg in a round hole, let's find what you're supposed to do. Let's get you in that right experience and figure that out quicker rather than later. No, is every task you're gonna do at your job gonna be great? No. But should I feel a sense of purpose? Should I feel a sense of recognition and camaraderie? Absolutely. If not, you're wasting, I don't know, 60% of your life at a job that's not loved?
0: So I totally get that. And like, um, psychologically, I'm on board with that. You know, the power of motivating someone is so important and you can't motivate them by saying, here's a paycheck because they're going to be like, dang, I can get a paycheck at Domino's pizza, right? You know, like there's no difference there. Money is money at the end of the day. I get that. On the other hand, I wonder if we sometimes overcomplicate the conversation. There's probably 60% on the Venn diagram that overlaps that everybody wants out of their employee experience. So do you have any advice on what those common things are, even though everybody's different, everybody wants different. What are the core things that people want at work?
1: Absolutely. So the 60% is actually what we call our three pillars. And we hope it's closer to 70. We hope we're getting closer to 70, 75. Connection. We call it unity at Strive. So it's all about feeling that camaraderie, that connection, recognition, rewards. How do I connect and feel a sense of purpose, not only for my company, for the people I work with and our overall vision. So unity is one. Two is growth. How do I grow? How do I feel like every day I come in, I'm learning something? I'm becoming a better version of myself. I'm expanding my horizon. That's growth. And then the last one's well being. I could have unity and growth out the wazoo without well being and without feeling good mentally, physically, socially, financially, you're not going to get the best version of me. So, how do I promote these three critical pillars? And the key piece is how do I personalize it to each and every employee without somebody spending all day, every day doing that? That's where we come in and we allow the employee to say, yeah, I'm interested in financial well-being and 401k retirement. I'm not so interested in telemedicine. It's not my thing. Or I really care about these challenges and physical well-being. I'm not so into, you know, the mental health side or speaking to someone. You need to provide options, a marketplace, and let them pick and choose and curate what works for them. And just listening to them, it's going to make a world of difference across those three pillars.
0: Well, you know, back in the day, that was the role of the HR business partner, the old HR generalist, right? Instead of your manager having those wishy-washy, touchy-feely conversations, they'd stick HR in there and HR would ask, what's important to you? What motivates you, right? And that was totally inefficient and really backwards. But what's the role of technology? Is there really a use case for improvement in the organization, higher levels of engagement, better retention? Like, what is it? Why am I going to have that HR business partner, but also going to buy tech? to do this work.
1: It was a lofty task to ever expect a single person or a couple team members of a thousand person organization to achieve that. And that's why it comes across so flat is because you're just skimming the surface. Yes, I like benefits. Yes, I wish I had more PTO. Like you're not getting deeper and you're not allowing the person to give that instant feedback. So what we focus on at Strive and our critical differentiators are personalization, integration, and impactfulness. Personalization, and this is where tech comes in very handy of what is the company offering? Let me show you the a la carte list of everything available to you based on your company provided experience, you pick and choose what works for you and then you can update it over time. As I get older and people get older, my priorities are going to change week to week. I have a child, things are going to change. I need something as agile as my life and I need it personalized to me. No human can do that. That's where technology and AI comes in place. Integration, 90% of the time the tool probably exists or the capability or the information is out there, but it's not one place. I have to go all over the place to find it. I get frustrated because my expectation is Amazon and I'm at something very low level, something not working. And then impactfulness is what can we drive with this? What can we look to say, are we getting it right? We track a couple critical metrics of net promoter score, overall well-being, internal promotion rate, unity growth, well-being, et cetera. So we're really tracking what's important to you. We don't want to say what's critical because you can't be everything. Pick and choose the core competencies of your company and get the technology in place to help drive those values.
0: You know, I love that you're tracking these individual outcomes, right, to figure out what's going right within the organization, what needs improvement. I think one of the things I hear from executives all the time is like, yeah, 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 yeah. we know where we can get better, even though they don't. Tell me how to keep this employee. So where is that line with predictability with your software? Does the software really help with retention? Does it help with making sure someone has a pathway to learn and grow if they're disaffected? Because at the end of the day, leaders don't necessarily want to hear what's wrong with the company's culture, with the employee experience, but they do really want to focus on this person that they hired for a bajillion dollars during the great resignation, right? And this person's thinking about leaving, they want to know as soon as possible. So drive help with that.
1: Yeah, I think we couple that in a few different ways. One, you can't retain everyone everyone is not the right fit for your company and culture that's not the goal the goal is never hundred percent retention unless you have the perfect team I haven't met a company yet with the perfect team so I think the critical thing that leaders and executives need to start thinking about is how do I find the gems? How do I find the people that fit my culture, align with my values and drive it? It's less of catering to exactly what the individual wants, but more promoting what you have to offer and what you think is critical and finding the people that align with it. And then you can see through our back end and our tools, who's connecting in unity, who's completing these tasks around commenting, giving recognition to peers, who's into it, who's completing growth programs or plans plans, who's doing their personal development or not, and who's interacting in well-being, who's running the leaderboard on the activity tracker, or who's driving physical or mental well-being or organizing events. We're not going to give you the tool that keeps 100% because you don't want to keep 100%. You want to keep the employees that fit your culture, fit your values, and want to be a part of something special that you're building. You want to let the other ones go. They're not the right fit.
0: Well, do you have any case studies that you can talk about organizations that you work with that really turned it around, made a difference in their organization, and really started to find those individuals who wanted to stay, who really felt like there was an opportunity in the organization, and your technology helped the company have a better conversation with them?
1: Absolutely. So we've worked with, and this is one of our older clients, so they've been through all the evolutions of our product. It was a nursing facility home, multi-state, across the nation, decentralized, blue-collar workers. Very focused, you know, paycheck to paycheck, very much the old model through implementing these capabilities. They were able to see who is interested in taking this company to the next level, who truly cares about providing the best care to the individual patients that they get to work with on a day to day basis. And we were able to really drive finding of those critical resources and promoting them and promoting the right people to move forward. We were able to increase net promoter score by 50 points. We were able to increase well-being participation by 50%, and we were able to increase enrollment of both their tuition program, their tuition reimbursement program, as well as of internal trainings by 80%. So we really were able to drive across the board the critical things that they wanted to see of their employees. And again, you can't drive everything at once. The critical piece is... What's important to you? What are those that North Star vision that you want and driving it? And for that group compared to somebody listening to the podcast might be completely different. You just need the technology and the infrastructure in place and the passion to do it to be successful.
0: Well, and you also need resources, whether it's an account rep who's your partner or a consultant to really help you understand in those early days, what am I actually doing with this technology? So I wonder what your implementation process is, because so many organizations say, oh, it's great. We're going to be your partner. We're going to help you through this. And then they direct people to online training resources and seem to disappear. So what's it like if I become a customer of Strive? You know, I really want to take my organization to that next level that you just described and we partner up. Oh, what next?
1: Yeah. Absolutely. I'm very much in the partnership mentality. So, we have a dedicated client success manager to every account. That person is going to be there to help you run annual campaigns, update the experience, and really create that game plan that you need to curate that experience that you want. That person's going to be with you from day 1 till, you know, forever as long as you're with them. The piece there is the tools are so intuitive that they become less and less needed over time. You understand what your employees need. We typically just have one or two counterparts per company and client we work with, and they're able to handle the load because there's a lot of automation. There's a lot of templates and tools to be leveraged. We don't throw you out there by yourself. We get you started. We get you 80 to 85% the way there. And then we let you play with the tool to figure it out. And we're always there to support throughout the time. The only thing I would say as well that we're a little different is we do ROI guarantees. What metrics do you You want to drive with your company, we'll tie our fees and our profit to that. And if we don't achieve, we're gonna lower that until we achieve the goals and results that you want. So we're in it together.
0: I love it. You drink your own champagne. That's amazing. Do you use it at your own organization? I think that's always interesting when I talk to founders, entrepreneurs, CEOs, chief operating officers, and they love their product and they don't use it at their own company. I'm like, what? That's so weird. So are you customers of Strive Yourself?
1: Absolutely. We are the testers and the absolute front leaders so every new feature goes through our strive team through all of our employees we get all the feedback from the product team and we keep making it better because you design it you mock it up you prototype it it's not the same as getting 30 40 50 people trying it testing it breaking it seeing what really works so we are the first testers and usually we find most of the critical things that need to be improved and then anything we miss that's where we love our great partners that we work with with giving ideas suggestions how do we improve this and really knock it out of the park for them
0: yeah interesting you know the other thing i think about with the implementation is that everybody says oh yeah we integrate we integrate we integrate everywhere you know and then it's like oh man this is sticky and awkward and sometimes it's the fault of the customer with their janky data but other times it's like an overpromise on what the tech actually does so what's that experience like you know if you're a ukg customer or a workday customer what's the integration experience like
1: definitely varies partner by partner so the critical thing is it takes Two to Tango. We have our own internal Okta API SSO team that can build just about any integration in two to four weeks. So we build tons of integrations, they're customized to even internal employer level integrations to their capabilities. We have the UKGs, we have the Alti Pro, we have all of those different integrations. The key piece is what level of integration does the partner want? You have the holy grail API SSO, you have the next level down of deep integration, and then you just have a landing page. We try and push our customers to get things that are going to be used at least once or twice a week by the majority of employees to that highest level. So two to four week project, we just switch what credentials people are able to access and we really can integrate to any tool or capability that drives your employee experience. And that's again, we're not a one size fits all. You guys are going to have different employee experience expectations compared to you know, some of our other 1500 plus clients.
0: Well, you know, I used to work at a shampoo factory in the HR department. And there was this chick, Elaine, who is in charge of all employee data. And she had one of those Lotus 123 things going on. So I want to hear about integration with like that kind of system, because I know that stuff still exists here in America. You find some interesting ways of managing employee data when you get into the heartland, as I've discovered in my own career. So Zach, you mentioned that you're a 30 year old guy, right? And I just wonder, you could be doing anything, right? You could be working at, I don't know, some sexy the AI startup, right? You know, with black ops and things going on, you could be working at TikTok. I don't know what kids do these days, but you're doing this in the HR technology space. So tell me why you do what you do. Yeah,
1: I actually started at uh, Deloitte Consulting and throughout my time there, people initiatives and people transformation was always what got me fired up. The ability to not just create a product that's going to impact people on a personal level, on a daily level, their families as well. That just excites me. Changing the way people experience experience their work and get the most out of their jobs just gets me so excited. I could be doing AI, Bitcoin, different things like that. They're cool. Those are very cool things. That's not what jazzes me up. The fact that I can help people making those technologies and doing everyday tasks from blue collar work all the way to AI, that gets me excited. And I think everyone deserves in the world the ability to have an employee experience curated to them that makes them excited, makes them happy to go to work and makes them feel valued and a part of the overall group.
0: Well, I also know that we're both Pfizer alum, and I think that is amazing and interesting. So one of the things I wanted to ask you about is what is it like to see your former employer in the news every single day almost? How does that feel for you?
1: You know, it's very interesting, all of the different things going on over there and seeing them in the news. It's great. There's lots of people there. But as you know, in pharmaceuticals, almost everyone I worked with there is somewhere else now. For sure, yeah. so <laughs> it's, it, it's kind of a give and take of, you know, that was actually my internship as a senior in college. And so I worked throughout the year, had great experience, great mentors. It's awesome to see the different things that they're doing and all of the capabilities, but the ties change. And I don't have that connection. I don't have that unity with them anymore because of all the the turnover. And maybe that's the right turnover for them. But there's always opportunity to improve turnover and to keep those critical resources. I think pharmaceuticals is a fascinating industry.
0: Well, for sure. You know, it's one of those industries that does turnover quite a bit, but the people who are there are there forever. And I either worked with people there who had bled blue for the past 30 years and may still be bleeding blue now. I mean, quite a few are. And then others who were like me, 36 months, and they're like, how do I get out of here? You know, so I think that that's segment of the economy is so fascinating. And I love that we share that. And as we start to wrap up the conversation, I have heard this passion for improving work for fixing work from you. And I just wonder, you talked about how it emerged early in your career, but where did it come from? Were there any early lessons that taught you the importance of fixing work or making work important for people?
1: It's a great question. I actually had a very difficult first job and internship. First job, I was busboy, caterer, restaurant throughout high school. But my first real professional experience was actually at a basketball program and working for that basketball program. And I had one of the worst managers of all time would rank us against each other, you know, different people versus each other would berate us thought making fun of us was good. And I just had such a terrible experience that I really vowed from that day moving forward that I want to help fix this problem. I want to help be a great manager. I didn't know I'd go into the HR tech space, but I knew I always wanted to make those improvements where I could. And when I got, the opportunity to join Strive and hopefully make this on hundreds of thousands, hopefully millions of people impact compared to, you know, a team of 50 or 100, I had to jump at it and and ensure that people have the opportunity to give feedback, get feedback, and really create the experience they want or move on.
0: Well, Zach, I'm betting on you to change the world here. I'm excited about your enthusiasm. So thanks again for talking to me a little bit about Strive and your journey. If people want to learn more, where can they go?
1: Absolutely. www.onestrive.com. Please reach out. Myself or one of our amazing colleagues at Strive will be more than happy to help. You can start with employer assessments. You can start with our case studies. We can get you referrals. Whatever you need to start drinking the Kool-Aid and jump in on the great curating of an employee experience. I'm your guy and Strive is the team to get it done for you.
0: Amazing. Well, thanks again for being a guest.
1: No problem. Thank you so much for having me, Laurie.
0: Hey, everybody. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Punk Rock HR. We are proudly underwritten by The Star Conspiracy. The Star Conspiracy is the B2B marketing agency for innovative brands creating the future of workplace solutions. For more information, head on over to thestarconspiracy.com. Punk Rock HR is produced and edited by RepCap with special help from Michael Thibodeau and Devin McGrath. For more information, show notes, links, and resources, head on over to punkrockhr.com. Now that's all for today, and I hope you enjoyed it. We'll see you next time on Punk Rock HR.